You're listening to Like a Real Boss Podcast, where we go beyond the title and unravel the complexities of being a boss. If you're a head honcho, top dog, or queen bee, this is for you. Get insight from experienced leaders and passionate workers. This is your wake-up call. Ready and bossified. Now, your host and the real-life boss. Tiana Sanchez. Welcome and thank you for joining another episode of Like a Real Boss. This is your host, Tiana Sanchez. Thank you for listening and tuning in to our show today. We again consider it an honor that you've decided to tune in. We know there are thousands upon thousands of podcasts out there and we consider it an honor that you are tuning in to us today. Not sure what brought you here, if you were referred by a friend or you were Googling different podcasts, but nonetheless, I am glad that you're here. This is the place where you get tips, tricks, trends, tools, where we talk about this stuff so you can be a better boss or entrepreneur. So again, my name is Tiana Sanchez. I'm the owner and founder of an organizational training and development firm in Southern California called Tiana Sanchez International. I am a published author, written three books, two solo projects, including one bestseller. Both of my books can be found on amazon.com. One of the first books that I wrote by myself is called Undefeatable, Conquering Self-Defeat. And then the next one, which I think people like because of the title, it's called Effed Up, The Upside of Failure. We have a multitude of clients that we work with and all different types of industries from the automotive industry to media and entertainment to retail and even local government. We've been in business since 2011 and we are a certified woman business enterprise. So we are diverse suppliers. So just to give you a background on who I am and what my business is about, and we are doing this series. This is actually part two underneath the entrepreneurial umbrella. And it's really starting growing your business. So part one talked about, I gave a little background of my story, talked about how I became an entrepreneur. What was that spark? What was that thing that nudged me down this particular path? What does it really mean to be an entrepreneur? Is there a difference between being an entrepreneur and a business owner? And then we talked about this thing called the entrepreneurial mindset or the entrepreneur mindset. Not my thing, didn't make it up, but I went over these eight components and almost like a brief assessment or quiz that you could actually take to see, do you possess those characteristics of having the entrepreneur? mindset, where is there a gap? Because sometimes we often think, oh yeah, I got to have money to start my business. And that's all that I need to get my business off the ground. Well, mm, nope, not quite. There's a little more that you need than that. So we talk about having the right mindset. And I do think my experience early on, having been such a young manager at 17 years old, having a variety of different companies that I've worked for certainly helped me where I am today. Didn't know it was gonna help me the way that it has, but it certainly has. And so in that first episode under starting and growing your business, this is under the umbrella of this entrepreneur journey that we've been taking for a little while. Today, we're gonna talk about bringing your idea to reality. So once you decide that, you know, I really wanna branch out on my own, I wanna do my own thing. I'm tired of working for someone else. I'm at this place where I feel like I have something to offer. I have a great idea. It's innovative, it's fresh. I know who would be the ideal target client for it. Maybe you've tested already. Maybe you've marketed a little bit and got some little bit of traction. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you're thinking of something uniquely different and you're ready to take that next step. This is how to really take that idea that you have that's in your head 
that you've been thinking about, that you've been mulling over, and how to really bring it to fruition and to reality. And if you go back to part one, we talked about one of the eight components of an entrepreneur mindset was critical thinking and problem solving. And really an idea that you have is there to solve someone's problem in my opinion. Most ideas come about because there is a problem happening in our community, in our city, in our state, in our country, in our world, and you are the solution or you have an idea to combat whatever that pain point or problem is. But there's a lot that happens between the idea stage and the actual, I'm ready to launch and bring it to market stage. And as I mentioned in part one, I am no expert by any means. There are many books on the topic of entrepreneurship, some fantastic people that have been doing this a lot longer that have actually grown and sold businesses. I'm one person, I'm gonna share with you my journey. Hopefully you'll get some nuggets from it, you'll learn something. And if you do, great. I believe there are many people and many resources that you can learn from, not just one. So you take what you can get and you move on. So today is all about bringing your idea to reality. Now, a few years ago, I was asked to speak at a leadership conference in close to Northern California. And it was the University UC Merced. And it had only been open for a few years. It was a fairly new university. And they have an annual leadership conference they do every single year fantastic leadership conference, student-centered and put on by great staff. And they have a lot of different folks there. I've met quite a few people that I still keep in contact with today from that leadership conference. And I was asked to facilitate on one of the tracks. It was the leadership track. And I did this exercise, which they really loved. Now the topic that I did it on is I had this thing was called the yellow brick road, the yellow brick road to entrepreneurship. I don't know if I was in a whole kick of the Wizard of Oz or what it was, but just the idea, the yellow brick road to entrepreneurship, it made me think of like a path, right? And in the movie, The Wizard of Oz, there's this path that Dorothy must take to get her to see the Wizard of Oz or what have you, right? And she goes on this long journey journey and there's all kind of craziness that she meets along the way. And I guess I was thinking, okay, gosh, that sounds a lot like entrepreneurship journey. There's craziness along the way. And anywho, I did this exercise and I say this because for some reason, like it really resonated with the students and the faculty there who sat in on the class. And I had honestly never done it before, but I like to try things out and I like people to engage in activities. And so what I did was I brought in those noodles, you know, the pool noodles, that you can get at any Target, right? You can go to any Target and you can get these noodles and in different colors. And I went and bought a ton of them and I brought them with me to this class that I was teaching. And at this one particular activity that I did is I gave one to each group. I broke them into groups. It was probably about maybe seven or eight groups. Broke them into groups of maybe four or five. So there was maybe seven or eight groups and there was like four or five people in each group. And I gave them one of these colorful noodles. And I said, I want you to think of another way that you can use this noodle. Like you're an entrepreneur and you have to solve some sort of problem. And this object that you have is going to help you do that. And I gave them maybe 15, 20 minutes or so to come up with this idea, you know, to kind of think of different ways that they can use 
the noodle. And it was really funny because they all had these different ideas. Some bent it and made it kind of like a handle or a, you know, a hook to something. And it was several years ago. And so I don't remember all of the creative ideas, but one did stand out. And the idea that they did, so think of what a noodle looks like. You know, you have this long kind of cylinder object, yay high. And what they did is they attached it to the back of one of their group mates, kind of on the back, right? So kind of, let's say lower back, and it just kind of stood up really straight above their head. So it started the middle of their back, and then the noodle would have, again, protruded above their head because it's a really tall object. And we're watching each group had to do a presentation, and we're like, okay, well, what is your you know innovation? And so they had to give a quick little pitch and just imagine this visual. So there's a person who's standing with this noodle semi-attached to their back and you can see it protruding above their head. So they said, well, this is a great device for new parents. Have you ever been in a store and you couldn't find your child? Your child has just disappeared down the aisle or maybe you couldn't spot them. Well, here comes this handy dandy child finder, whatever name they gave it. And when we all heard this, because immediately we could relate, we were thinking, Oh my gosh, yes, probably, you know, these were students, but they had siblings and they probably could remember when maybe their brother or sister got lost or something, or they were a child themselves. I, as a parent, could relate. And instantly this visual came out and it was just like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like you could spot your child because they had this big thing protruding above their head and you could see it, see them and like, oh, there's my kid. And it was the most amazing presentation. And they had 20 minutes. They had an idea, they solved a problem, and it was 20 minutes. And it was this kind of fun exercise. And I bring that up because when you look at bringing a product or service to market, it starts in your head. It starts with an idea. What problem am I solving? And then you go through this process of thinking and asking and brainstorming. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it does, but you brainstorm and you think and you think, and then what comes out of that can be some amazing ideas. But how many of you know that there are probably thousands upon thousands of ideas that never, ever, ever get implemented and never get to market? So I wanted to bring the Yellow Brick Road to Entrepreneurship back to you to share with you some key things that I think can help you get from your idea to reality, to actual fruition. So it's all about the quote, you're not in Kansas anymore. So you think of the the story of the Wizard of Oz, you know, when you become an entrepreneur, you really learn how to navigate from the familiar to the unfamiliar. So your idea is going to challenge you in ways that you had no idea. You're going to go to what you're familiar with. Maybe you're familiar with being creative and innovative to, hey, well, now I got to actually develop it. Now I actually have to work with people. I actually now have to put a budget in place. Well, hey, I don't know what that means. So you're going from familiar to infamiliar. I'm going to give you what the nine bricks or steps to launching a business or idea. These may not be your only bricks that you'll ever learn or hear, but I think it'll be a great starting point. So it's really following that yellow brick road. And here's the somewhere over the rainbow piece, which is really learn how to stand out with creativity, imagination, and innovation. And if you click your heels three times, you can gain access to viable resources. I'll give you a few of my tips and favorites, things that I've used over the course of me having my business that have, that have helped me. So the first thing is Dorothy. Out of all the characters, 
Dorothy was the one who was the adventurer, right? She was the one that took that leap. That was what the whole movie was about, about Dorothy and her adventure. And if you take that last part, venture, you know, that's a big part of being an entrepreneur. You know, you talk about venture capitalists. Those are the people that would invest in your business when you have a joint venture. So when you think of the adventure you are on, you are as an entrepreneur, again, you're taking a leap of faith. You're taking that risk and you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in yourself. And oftentimes that can be challenging because again, it's unfamiliar territory. If you listen to part one, I said that when you become an entrepreneur, you are at the intersection of excitement and uncertainty. And that is oftentimes you're excited about the possibility, about the opportunity, but you are uncertain because you've never been there before and it's unfamiliar territory. Dorothy, being our adventurer, who was not in Kansas anymore, so she left what was familiar to go into something that was unfamiliar, was really, she was clueless. She didn't know what she was getting herself into. She had no idea. We know what we call those people, risk takers, right? So as a entrepreneur, you are a risk taker. When you go from your idea to launching it, you're taking a risk because you got to ask for feedback. You got to do some market research. You got to make some investments and that's going to happen. And you have to be bold. And some people don't realize that, you know, I'm an introvert or I really not very good in social situations. At some point you will be stretched in those areas. Someone once told me that they were not the greatest representation of their company. They just weren't really good speaking out openly. So they hired someone, they brought in someone who could really articulate the company brand mission and vision better than they could. And they were the CEO of the company. And so they brought in someone and sometimes you do that as well. I would also encourage though, that you as the owner, as the founder, as the entrepreneur, as the face of your business would want to strengthen those skill sets because you will be interacting with people, right? So Dorothy, you're the adventurer. Maybe you're the adventurer in this story. As I keep going on, maybe you'll be another character, but let's just say you're Dorothy. You're the adventurer. You've left unfamiliar or familiar territory to unfamiliar territory. And along your way, you meet the scarecrow, right? But really, and it's funny because I think in the story of Dorothy, I'm going to look at it a different way, that these characters that she meets along the way were really all a part of her character. I think she was all three of those characters. And I never thought of it that way, but as I'm introducing this concept that I'm sharing with you right now, I believe that maybe she's, she's a part of these characters. So the scarecrow, the scarecrow was the person, the brains, right? The knowledge, the know-how, the experience. Although he felt in the movie that he did not know anything, but in reality, he had everything in that little straw head of his. He was the brains, he was the know-how, he was the knowledge. That's your experience, your education, what you know, what you need to know. And as any entrepreneur, you want to do your research, you want to gain insight, you want to be informed when you go into business for yourself. You may want to join groups, entrepreneur groups, meetup groups. If you are in a particular industry, join those industry related groups. Network, we're going to talk about networking in one of our other segments. I think that's part three, or maybe that's another segment in its entirety, but there are certain things that you can do to gain additional insight. Again, even bringing other people on board. You don't have to do everything on your own. That's a misconception. You don't have to do everything on your own. So Scarecrow in this story, again, a part of Dorothy, although she was an, she was an adventurer, but she needed some know-how, right? She needed that knowledge 
knowledge, that experience that she could leverage and use. Maybe she had a little bit, maybe she had a lot, but whatever it was, she needed it. And as an entrepreneur, you also need that piece. And because our, you know, we grow, we constantly evolve in our society and, and in the world that you have to stay knowledgeable. So then we move to the Tin Man. And I believe the Tin Man represents, okay, what do you think the Tin Man represents? I think the Tin Man represents, if you said heart or passion or caring, then I will give you a thumbs up on that. You know, he said, if I only had a heart, but again, he did have a heart. So all of these things is, you know, are saying if they only had it, but he actually did. So he was the heart. He was the passion. Do you need that as an entrepreneur? Yes, you do. Because there are days where you feel like quitting, but you keep forging ahead because the problem you are solver is greater than you and you realize it is not about you. It's a very other centered level of, of work. And so the passion, the heart is necessary. If you have an idea, here's how I look at it. So I'm going from idea to reality. There was a time where I was full of brilliant ideas. I mean, I would have an idea and immediately, like the next day or the next two days, I was implementing it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is an amazing idea. I'm just going to do it. Well, not surprising that most of the time I did that, whatever I was implementing did not work. The idea, I didn't take the idea and really kind of put it through the ringer and kind of test it and kind of get some input on it and do the things that you need to do. But I always had brilliant ideas and I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to take this idea and I'm going to immediately put it into action. And we have to look at having some checks and balances when it comes to, you may not be the best person to say yay or nay on your idea because you have a vested interest. You may not be as objective as you, as you need to be. So you want to bring some people into the fold that can give you that objective lens that you need. But passion is necessary. So when I was having these brilliant ideas. What I stopped doing was implementing them like the next day or the two, two days. And this is what my practice became. I would have this brilliant idea. And I mean, I was on fire for it, whatever that day was. So let's say today it happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm going to do this thing. It's going to look like this. I'm going to sell it for this much. I'm going to promote it. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. So then what I would do is I would let it sit in my head, kind of in my thoughts. And I would just say, okay, if I'm still thinking about this tomorrow, that's a good sign. That means, okay, it really is something that I'm passionate about, that I really need to consider doing, you know, and it's not just this phase, right? Then I would say, okay, if I'm still thinking about this tomorrow, okay, I'm going to wait a week. If I'm still thinking about it a week later, then, okay, now we're really... I'm feeling like this is something that's sticky. There's some stick to itness, and I'm going to just kind of keep just like letting, letting it marinate and let some, you know, kind of ideas flow through. And this was my process. And so I wouldn't really let it go beyond a couple of weeks. But if, if it was an idea that I had and I was passionate about it, I would let it go a day. I'll let it go a week. I revisit it. And if it was still there, like after a week, a couple weeks, then I would start mapping out the idea, the plan and how it would go forward. And then it would take me maybe some weeks and, to, and it would be a period of time. It would be more strategic than random. And that has saved me so much time because there were ideas that I was so what I thought passionate about the next day they were gone. I couldn't even care less about it. I wasn't thinking about them again. Or I was like, mm, this is not really not so much. So when you think of your idea, again, you kind of filter out those ideas. You, you know, like, um, 
I think of cooking in the kitchen and, you know, if you've ever, you know, cooked and there's, you know, the little, you know, the filter with the flour and I can't think of the name right now, but, um, you know, the sifter and you're sifting through because you want to get the finest part of the flour, right? And so when you have an idea, you need to sift through the ideas so that when what comes out on the other end is really the best idea that you could possibly think about. And again, you don't leave it there just to you, but you get an objective person or body to look at that. Okay, so that's the tin man. He is the heart, the passion, really of that idea and and of being an entrepreneur. And then, of course, we have one of my favorite characters, and that's the lion. And that's the courage. And the lion is all about risk-taking as well, about being brave and daring and courageous. And if you don't need that, I don't know what else you need, but you absolutely need courage. You need to be able to take calculated risk. There's a level of bravery in some moments, especially when you say no to something and you kind of pinch yourself, wow, did I just say no to that? And being daring. And that is what that character to me represents. But you don't go along this yellow brick road and have all of these wonderful characters or have all these unique characteristics. I'm going to call these characters characteristics now. So you have the characteristic of knowledge, the characteristic of passion, and the characteristic of courage that you're going to get some naysayers along the way. And the naysayers, you guessed it, represent the wicked witch, right? So the naysayers could be people or they can be things. Okay, so they could be people in your ear that are telling you no, that could tell you, you know, don't, this is a horrible idea. And I, and I guarantee if you are thinking, considering, or even have a business as a small business or an entrepreneur, people will think you're crazy. People will think that something is wrong. They'll say, you know what, you need to just stop that foolishness and go get a job, go get a nine to five job because it takes a special person to believe in themselves. It takes a special person to bet on you and to say, you know what? It may take some time, but I'm going to do it. And not everybody is going to be there. It's not going to meet you where you are. I've had many people, one in particular I met when I first launched my business. It was a client of mine, and I doubt that he listens to the show, but if he does, okay. So it was a, a client I worked in the financial institution. He was considered a VIP client, made millions of dollars, had a lot of real estate, and worked with him a lot, you know, as a banker. And after about four years or so, that's when I decided, actually no longer than that, I left banking and we would stay in touch periodically, but I remember I left banking and wanted to, you know, kind of pick his brain on what were some things that he learned as being in real estate and being an entrepreneur. And he gave me some good advice. And so it was great. And I don't know if maybe he thought at that time, hey, I'll just tell her what I did and that'll be great, but she'll never pursue it. I don't know if that's what he was thinking, but I remember having a conversation. I was driving on the freeway and I was in my car and I was on the phone with him and you know, we're shooting the breeze, asking how everything is going. And it was telling about my business and how I was, you know, just starting things up and getting going and so on and so forth. And I remember he kind of paused and he said, you know what? You know, I have to tell you something. I have to tell this to, you know, you're not going to make it. You're going to fail. This is not a good idea for you. And I'm paraphrasing, of course, because I've honestly blocked it out at this point. It happened years ago. And I don't hold on to that stuff. But I remember in that moment thinking, number one, wow, like, how could you say that to a friend, someone who I consider to be a friend, number one, because he thought he was doing me a service by telling me that this was a mistake. But then secondly, that and this was really the key, is that I said, well, no, that's your reality, not mine. And once I had that boldness to say, you know what, that's your reality, not mine, 
I didn't accept that negativity. And that was a naysayer. So when you have that, the wicked witch naysayers, it could also not only be people, but it could be things that happen. It could be temporary setbacks. It could be obstacles and hurdles in your path. And I, honestly, I think hurdles can be a good thing and obstacles. And when we experience failures, and I have a whole book on failures, which you can get at amazon.com, The Upside of Failure, book plug. But um, naysayers really take the form, in my opinion, of people because setbacks and all that stuff to me are going to happen. And you need to expect that if you're going to run your own business, which leads us to the nine steps, the nine bricks that I will share with you. So we're looking at taking an idea to fruition, to implementing, and there is an order. And I'm going to give you my order. Again, someone else may have a different order. You can pick and choose. But the first step is when you have that idea, you need to explore that idea. You need to explore also your interest. It would be nice that you had an idea in an area that you actually had an interest. Most people do that, but some people don't. Maybe you don't even know what your interests are yet. So there are assessments, there are questionnaires, there are things out there that can help you pinpoint what are some of your deep interests. And then you could say, hey, okay, this really validates what I thought my interests were. So me pursuing this idea down this path, it could be a really good decision. That's how you can validate whether or not that idea aligns with your interest. The second brick is really testing the idea. This is a step that a lot of people don't do. I didn't do it early on is testing if that idea, how is it going to affect your target audience? How is it going to be received once it hits the market? So if I'm going to launch a new product line of lotions that are going to be made with a particular ingredient, then I may want to test that. So I may want to, you know, conduct a particular test, maybe do a questionnaire, a survey to find out, okay, what are the ingredients that what makes your skin dry or soft? How much would you pay for a 12 ounce bottle of this? Or, hey, let me send some samples. What do you like about this or what you don't like? So there's many different ways to test your idea. It could simply be doing it in a questionnaire. And there's a lot of free questionnaire services, survey services out there, doing a pool of individual test cases. So there's different things that you can do, but you want to test your idea. So again, you don't just go straight from idea to implementation like I used to do and would fail at that. So you test the idea, you pick a niche. So I can go really, really broad or I can go narrow. And when you go narrow and you kind of have that laser focus in a particular area, it prevents you from trying to be everything to everybody. Because that is something as an entrepreneur you will find yourself in is wanting to be everything to everybody because you don't know how to say no. When you're brand new, you want to say yes to everybody because you think, I don't want to lose this opportunity. I don't want to lose this client. So you say yes to everybody, even if it's not in your wheelhouse. You're like, I'm going to find a way. And you learn quickly that that may not be the best strategy. So pick a niche, pick a narrow path and have laser focus on that. Okay. Then there's this idea of your brand. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I'm not a brand expert, but I will say that branding, get yourself a branding collaborator, a company or someone who really specializes in branding and before, again, as you testing your idea, what will this look like? This, what will this visually look like? How will we market this? What will the image be like this? Do we need to make a 3D model of this? What will this look like? And so there's a lot that goes into the branding. That's the marketing, that's the promoting, that's the, you know, the website, that's the landing page, that's the marketing material that under that umbrella of brand falls all of that. 
So that's huge. You know, is your target audience visual learners? Do they want to see some how-to videos on it? So you have to consider all of that, right? People learn by hearing, seeing, and doing. And short increments. You have to know that. Then there's resources. Brick number five, having some resources. Again, I look at this as your unhired team, you know, sub team off to the side. It's the folks that can help you again, develop and with all the things that may not be your area. And it might be resources again on to get a website started, resource to help build out your product, resource to help film this and that. And so there's additional resources that you may want to consider. And I have a couple for you. Then there's research. And again, no particular order. I think research probably could come before brand. <laughs> honestly, but you're researching again, and even in the test ideas, you're gathering research. This is a different form of research. You could be researching what's trending. You could be researching how this product or service is trending in the market or how it might be real received. Are there any press? Is there any t people talking about this? Is there any new innovations around this? So you're just doing some general research. Then there's the last three bricks, business plan funding, and launching business plan. Some people have them, some people don't. If you're gonna ask for funding, you need one, okay? So I'll leave it at that for business plan. There's some great places where you can get a business plan. They have like templates already set up for you. One that I used, I wanna say it's called Growthing, and they were very helpful in getting a template for me. Funding, there's a ton of funding resources which we're gonna cover in another segment. You can raise capital, there's angel investors, there's crowdfunding, microloans, you can bootstrap. May not be the best thing to do, but that's something that you can do. Then you launch. So notice we didn't go idea launch. <laughs> we didn't go AB. We went through a series of steps before we got to launch. So these are the things that you want to consider before you launch a product. So you're taking your idea that you have, you're sifting it through, picking out the best idea, then you're going through those steps. Okay, wow, let me get a niche. Let me do some market research. Let me figure out what my brand is. Let me test this idea. You know, what other resources do I need? You know, what other research do I need to do? Who do I need to collaborate with? Okay, great. Did all this, this, that. Now I can launch it. So there's tons of things to do before you actually implement it. And I'll give you a few of my favorite kind of tools again as you're starting your business but one website that was helpful for me was Fiverr and again I get no credit for mentioning these companies at all but they just were helpful so I'm just mentioning them but Fiverr that's two rs.com and you probably are to hers is great place to get things done you could get an animated video done for x amount of dollars used to be really five dollars but i think they have increased their fees because it became so popular you get some marketing stuff done you can get a recording done you can get all these interesting cool kind of things done canva.com which is really the place where you get all your flyers and graphic designs done quotes things like that i mean a ton of stuff they can do. There's a book called The Entrepreneur Next Door someone gave me and people love that when I mentioned it to him in the past. There's entrepreneur.com website. Again, it has great articles and tools and funding we'll talk more about. I'm not going to mention too much of that, but there are so many things. I want you to get comfortable getting uncomfortable is really a big part of being an entrepreneur. Don't avoid the risks, take a leap of faith. So instead of doing something 
sometimes we don't do anything. Instead of doing something, we end up doing nothing. So you have to be willing to do something and know that it's not an if, but an when you're going to experience obstacles and challenges or even failures. But behind all of that is an opportunity for you to, to really create something special with your business. So I hope this has encouraged you. As always, we appreciate your feedback. Want to hear from you. Want to know what topics you'd like to hear from us. And if this has been a benefit and a blessing to you, please drop us a comment. Let us know what you like and what you don't like, but be kind to us. And uh, stay tuned for part three, where we're going to talk about really your hours, you know, kind of how to structure your, 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 your business, you know, what kind of hours should you be working? How much time should you really be dedicating to your business? Let's say you're a full-time employee, but you're thinking of starting your own business because you have this idea, right? You want to turn it to reality. Well, how much is time is this going to take me? I'm still working full-time. What do I need to do? So kind of, how do you manage that? And then part four is going to be how to get that funding. Let's talk about the funding topic. And again, I'll give my perspective. So thank you for listening. Want to make sure you can find us, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. As always, I like to leave you with this quote. Everyone wants to succeed, but not everyone is willing to do the work. If you are willing, I will help you do your work. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Like a Real Boss podcast with Tiana Sanchez. We are your ambassador, helping you go from good to great to extraordinary. To learn more about awesome offers, training programs, books, and more, head over to www.nolimittoyoursuccess.com. Until next time.